You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Wow, good morning, good morning, good morning. Keep it going for God. What a morning. Incredible worship. Thank you all so much. Incredible, incredible worship. Some original Awakened Worship songs that we sang for those that are new. Amazing worship. You guys can have your seats. Take your seats. I was in the back watching chair after chair after stack of chair, stack of chair getting brought in. I got the chills. It's uh, unbelievable how many people know that healthy things grow. And you are at a very healthy church that refused to close their doors for the last two years. It is wild to see where we're at today and a little scary to wonder where we're going. This is amazing. So... Uh, Well done to our incredible pastors on the front row, Mike and Katie. Thank you so much for this time. It's very honoring. Um, Speaking of uh, leadership, we're going to talk a little bit about leaders. And I believe that there are um, tons of leaders in this room, and there's also a lot of followers. And there's different seasons of life where you will find yourself leading and you'll find yourself following. And both are very healthy, but both should be done with scripture in mind. And, uh, and with some, some other facts and fun things about leadership that I've learned in my journey over the last few years being in this church. Um, we're going to go 10 years back. Is anyone watching the Winter Olympics right now? I don't even know if it's over. Is it over? Okay, clearly not watching a lot of it. But I do like Summer Olympics a little bit better. And uh, going back 10 years to 2012, the Summer Olympics were held in London. And a little pop trivia here. Does anybody remember in the men's sport of sprinting? Who, like, dominated? Yes, Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt, we're going to throw a picture up here. In the 100-meter the men's race, something crazy happened, right? To me, this almost looks like a five-way tie. You see how close this is? We have Usain Bolt, who actually won and set the world record. I think they cut off Rudy over here, right, Rudy? And then I was over there. But, but these are the top five the top five finishers, and something crazy happened, right? Everyone knows Usain Bolt, or at least now you do, set a world record, but something crazy happened to these other four guys. I'm going to tell you. Johan Blake set a personal best, which would have been the world record. Justin Gatlin set his personal best, which would have been the world record. Tyson Gay set his season best, preparing for the Summer Olympics. It's probably his prime season, set his season best. And then Ryan Bailey also shown set his personal best. These are guys who have committed their craft, their entire life to these short sprints. And everyone set either their personal best, set a world record, or tied their personal best. So how, right? We ask the question, you know, how fast can somebody go? And start to replace that word fast with how loving can someone be? How forgiving can somebody be? How generous can somebody be? But looking at fast, how fast can someone be? A lot of people would answer that question the following ways. They would probably say as fast as somebody wants to be, right? That's not true. They might say, oh, they probably go as fast as they're capable of going, right? Like as fast as their body would take them. That's not even true. Maybe motivated to go, right? They'll go as fast as one is truly motivated to go. That's actually not true. People will likely only go as fast as their leader goes. You see, uh, Gatlin and Blake were interviewed after the fact, and they said, you know, without Usain Bolt, you guys would have set world records. How did you do it, right? People were coming out saying there must have been a strong tailwind. Maybe this track isn't level, just pitched a half a degree or something where it's just giving, I mean, we're talking hundreds or thousands of seconds here. How did they all do it? And they said, it was simple. We were just trying to catch up to Usain Bolt. 
So let's dive into a little bit of scripture that backs up this fact that leadership has this gravitational pull to elevate the followers around him. Hebrews 13, seven, it says, remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith, right? So let's go back real quick to the two seasons, right, of life. And, and you can probably find yourself as a follower or a leader in the same season, that's okay. But as a follower, we need to ask ourselves, what do we see? Who are we, who are we placing on that pedestal? Who are we trying to emulate besides Christ, right? Who in our church, who at your workplace, who in your family, who are you striving to be more like? And maybe the stinging question, who do you need to cut out? Right? We can pull those people up with us, but there comes a point where you have to say, I need to place people in my life. I need to surround myself right now with people that are gonna elevate me. So that's as a follower. Now, as a leader, as a leader in work, at at family, right? We're gonna talk a lot about fatherhood and, and what it takes to be a leader in your house what it takes to be an emerged captain. There's any emerged captains out there? Uh, maybe in your community, right? We see Marco Contreras going first, leading as a leader. But now you have to ask yourself as a leader, what do others see, right? What is, what is my fruit? And am I pulling the people up around me? I believe, you know, if I want salespeople under me to succeed, if I want them to do things a certain way, I have to go first, right? I have to set the bar high and set the example. Uh, I'm super fortunate right now to be in a coaching program under Darren Hardy. Darren Hardy wrote um, The Compound Effect along with a lot of other amazing, insane productivity, all these books. And I'm in this this group and uh, he was talking the other day and he said 2% of what someone becomes is based on what they learn. The rest is decided by what they see. Right? We know this as little children. I mean, they're going to emulate their parents. They're going to dress the way that their parents dress. They're going to speak the way their parents speak. They're going to pray the way their parents pray. They're going to attend the things that their parents attend. So what do others around us see? I believe our character in life is greatly influenced by those that we choose using free will, who we choose to surround ourselves with. We see it again in scripture. I feel like that's pretty important. We're at church, right? Let's look at what scripture says. In, in 1 Peter 5, verses 2 to 5, specifically first talking, talking to the, the leaders, says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, not eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Now we're talking to the followers, right? In a season of following. And I believe when it says you are younger, we'll pause right there. When you are younger, that could be younger in your career, right? It could be younger in your journey here at church. It's your first day. You're younger in your church experience. This does not necessarily mean by age, so talking to the followers, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. There are, uh, talking about Emerge, Emerge is our men's conference, you guys saw that crazy video in the beginning, it's so exciting. I've been fortunate uh, over six years, have gone all six times, and I've been fortunate enough to be a co-captain, to be a captain, and then just to go as a team member, as a, as a participant, right? That's gonna be me this year, really just leading, leaning in and soaking on my leaders. But 
for those captains in here and co-captains, right now you have to draw the line in the sand. What is your team seeing? What image are you displaying? What fruit are you, are you bearing right now for those guys that are coming in, bat, I mean, battered and beat up and they need something amazing at this Emerge conference? What fruit are you displaying? What's your language? What's your prayer language? Take it seriously. It's, it's an amazing, amazing time. And for those that, that maybe haven't committed yet, there are incredible captains waiting for you to join their team and to experience these couple days out in the middle with our own land now to merge ranch. Our, our, I don't even know how many acres, but it is amazing. And we're gonna go out there and we're gonna, we're gonna battle, we're gonna worship, we're gonna hear amazing speakers. Charlie Kirk was just added, I can't even believe that. But as followers, choose that captain, choose that person that you want to be your leader. Look at the fruit of their life. And this is in all aspects of life, right? In your business, in your family. And then men, as fathers, as, as dads in the room, what fruit are you displaying to your kids? And I wanna be, I don't wanna be like, come down on you, right? That's not my, my, my goal right now is to tell you that it doesn't even matter what's happened in days prior. Like today can be day one that you start living out the fruit of your life as the leader that you wanna be. So as a follower, what do you see when you look at the leaders in your life? As a leader, what do others see when they look at you and your life? And I'm really excited um, that we can uh, always have these amazing examples, be it you know, the factual science behind leadership as we saw with Usain Bolt and these guys trying to keep up, or scripture that just echoes it so, so bravely and so amazingly. So let's lead and let's follow as Christ intended. Thank you guys. Yes, give it up for Tyler Matthews. That was amazing. Next up, one of everybody's favorite humans on the planet. Please welcome to the stage, Enrique Ledesma. Come on. Woo. Come on. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. First of all, to Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Leanne. And in this season, thank you so much to Pastor Katie and Pastor Mike for leading me. And, and thank you for speaking so much into my life in this season. You guys have no idea how much that is helping me and to have a vision for when I become a husband, when I become a father. Thank you guys so much for that. So with that said, I'm going to read the Bible. And just like uh, Tyler said right now, let's go back. I like how like all the scriptures always link with each other. And the title, actually the title of my message is called Time Traveler. And it's, uh, if we go to uh, John 13, 7, it says, Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. And I want to ask you a question. If you could go back in time right now, 10 years, 5 years, 20 years, what would you do different? Maybe not get in that investment, maybe not get in that relationship, maybe obeying your parents. <laughs> See, I... It's funny how 
two days ago, when I was going through my Facebook, it said nine years ago today, and then this came up. Jesus replied, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later on you'll understand. What is crazy is that nine years ago, I was far away from God, living my life, living my truth. And that was actually three years before, two years before I came back to God. So even though I was far away from God, God already had a plan. God already said, I already have a future and I already had a call for you. And what are you going through right now that in the future you're going to look back and say, I am so glad that I signed up for Emerge. I am so glad. We can always say, we look back to the future and say, I should have. But don't let this Sunday and don't let this Emerge 2022 say, I should have gone. It's, I'm glad I did. See, 2016 was the first time I went to Emerge. And I didn't know anybody, so that was an excuse. I don't know anybody. I was, like, new to the church, like, three months in. I didn't like sports. Still don't. (laughs) I'm more of a creative side. So I like to dance, sing, act completely opposite. Um... but the most important, I felt I wasn't going to be welcome because of the lifestyle that I had. See, I've always felt more comfortable around women because that's just who I was always. Oh, women made me feel secure. And I was like, I'm going to be rejected. No one's going to love me. No, one, no one's going to care for me. But despite of all the excuses I had, God had a plan. You do not know what I'm doing but I do. See, the only way, since I felt that I, had, I didn't know anybody, the only way for me to get to know people is actually step out and get to know people. I didn't like games, still don't, but I was not going for the, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go, I'm going to have fun, I'm going to receive. When I was coming back the last day, actually before coming back, on the last session, the last day, I didn't, by the way, I didn't play any games. I didn't do anything. I was just receiving. And (laughs) the last session, I'm like worshiping and I'm like crying. This is one thing. The last day when I was driving home, my eyes were so red, (laughs) were so sort of crying the whole weekend. But there was a song that played. It said, I am no longer slave. I am a child of God. And that song hit me so much that when I was worshiping, I felt the Lord say, you need to forgive your dad for not being there for you. And that's when my healing process started, not knowing that God knew what I was doing. Because when I went to emerge, I went to emerge ready to receive, I can feel of God, feel the Holy Spirit. I came a different man. But when I got home, I was talk- as I was talking to my parents and my siblings and all that, and then my mom and I were by ourselves in the living room, and my mom said, I have something to tell you. You and your dad may get a divorce because he's been unfaithful. 
And to me, it hit me, but I had so much peace in my heart. Because before that, God was filling me up. God was restoring me. God was restoring my identity. God was restoring everything about me. And I know that I know that I know that I know it was because of that weekend. I was like, you know what? I don't know anybody, but I'm still going to go. The ironic thing is that the, the group that they placed me in, it was with Pastor Morgan Irwin. And if you guys don't know his story, Pastor Morgan has a really similar background as mine with his sexual identity. And, and, he, and now God has restored his life. He's a pastor. He has kids. He's, God makes no mistakes. See, I think so many times we want to hear God. God, speak to me. How about now? God, speak to me. But when God's speaking to you, it's, hey, bro, are you going to emerge? That's God speaking to you. While you are waiting for God to speak to you, God is waiting for you to move. God is waiting for you to say yes. See, you have to understand when God says, I'm going to restore your family, it's not a hope, I wish, or maybe. God is already in the promise because God lives outside of time. When he says, I'm going to restore your family, he just says, walk here because I'm already in your promise. See, even though my parents' marriage is still walking through a rocky season, they still have so many things that they have to heal. But I've seen the difference that I made that I forgave my dad and I honor my dad not for what he's done, for, for who he is. And I was able, after last emerge last year, I was able to go home and actually ask my parents for forgiveness. Because I've heard him, I heard them so much that I made my life about me. And it's about me, and you didn't raise me right, and the church was so religious. And, but how about the times that I actually hurt them? They needed to heal, and only through Emerge Conference, I was able to see that I needed to let go. And I just want to say, just do it. What do you have to lose? A weekend? $200? But yeah, we'll go on a vacation or we'll go to a bar on a weekend and spend those $200. And the only thing you gain was a hangover. So if you are, and even if you're saying, you know what, this is not about me. Exactly, it's not about you, but it's about your wife. It's about your kids. It's about your business. It's about your legacy. I know that nine years ago when God posted, allow me to post this, you don't understand what I'm, do what I'm doing, but later on you will. These seven years have gone through ups, downs, left, rights, and, and even when I, when I came to Eastlake campus, I was like three months, I mean three years in, and I spoke to Tony. I was like, yeah, Tony, I want to be a captain, and I want to lead men's merch and stuff like that. And Tony said, yeah, that's right, but... Um, not yet. 
But you know what? I started coming to men's prayer, and it's something that it was so dramatically changed in my life. Is that a men's prayer one day, and this was the Pastor Rudy's house. And as I was praying, and I was like, God, will you please, God, will you please, God, will you please? And Tony said, that is beautiful, but you have no authority. He said, even the way that you stand, the way that you speak, that, and that completely changed my life. And now when I go to men's prayer, I, when I hear a guy saying the same thing, I was like, bro, you got to stand up. You got to speak the way that you say it because it has power. And I'm just going to close with this. Emerge has been good. Healing has been good. But right now I have a freedom that I did not have seven years ago. Now I have a vision that I did not have seven years ago. As before I said, I'll never be married. I'll never have kids because of my sexual identity. But you know what? My sexual identity was just that, an identity. Now my identity is in Christ, and I know that I know that I know that I know that because I know that it emerged. The reason that I am right now and the reason that you see the man that God created to be with a vision to be in this altar is because of God and because of emerge. Nothing else. But I said yes. Have nothing to lose. Say yes. Thank you. Come on, give it up for Enrique. So proud of you, man. So amazing. And bringing us home. Powerhouse worship leader, amazing husband, amazing father. Can we please give it up for the man, the myth, the legend, Miguel Ortega. Amen, amen. Come on. Let's give, a, let's give a hand to Enrique and Tyler for their amazing testimonies, just speaking truth. Come on, if you can please take a seat. I just want to thank Pastor Mike and Katie Yeager for this opportunity. It's just an honor to serve under their amazing leadership. Uh, the Bible says honor your parents. That's what I want to do first. Uh, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but... Both of my parents are, are chain breakers. You see, when they met, they found something in common. And uh, they both had alcoholic parents. They both had abusive parents. And they said that we're not going to bring that into our family. And so I just want to give honor to my mom and dad. And more specifically, my father. Because, because my father never drank in front of me. He never cursed in front of me. And even though I made mistakes, he was still humble. He still led by example. So I just want to give honor to my dad. And what I want to do right now, if I can, I want to pray for all the men in this house. Can I do that? Can I do that? So if I can have every man stand up right now. And what I want you to do is I want you to lift your hands and close your eyes. And the reason why I'm asking you to lift your hands and close your eyes is because when you lift your hands, you're positioning yourself to receive. And when you close your eyes, you're forgetting about all the distractions around you and you're allowing God to speak directly to you. And, and right now, every man right now with their hands raised has an anointing of a leader, of a father. Even if you don't have a, a, a son or daughter right now, not by DNA, you're not a dad, but you're still a father. Right now I pray that every man with their hands raised, God, I give them the wisdom to speak life 
into their family. Give them, the, give them the wisdom to speak life into the next generation, Father God. I pray right now that you allow them to see who you are, Father God, as a perfect father, as the example of who they should look for to know how to lead their family, how to lead the next generation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give them a hand. Come on. Before I get started now, I want to pray. Yeah, Father God, thank you for just being present, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for just being an amazing example of what a father is. I pray that you use me, speak through me, and you help me deliver the message that you've poured into my heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Those of you who do not know me, I am married to my beautiful wife, Sandra, who is right now serving in kids' church. Together we have two beautiful babies, a really energetic and enthusiastic five-year-old named Caleb. And a beautiful baby girl, seven-month-old now. Her name is Aria. And I love being a dad. Love being a father. And what I love even more is that my spiritual father uses my son to answer my prayers. I'll give you an example. So being part of the worship team, every couple months we're given a new song. And I make it intentional. I want to be intentional of finding something in my life to connect to that song. So when I sing it, it comes from the heart. So this particular instance, I was having a hard time finding a connection with this song. And I want to tell you the lyrics. It was, shake the dust off, let the fear fall, turn the light on, take heart, take heart. Now, shake the dust off, pretty self-explanatory, right? I mean, you fall down, you get up, shake the dust off. Resilience, boom, too easy. Now, let the fear fall. I can even understand that. You're taking ownership of that fear and you're just letting it go. Boom, it's not going to affect me anymore. What I was having a hard time is what does turn the light on, flipping the switch, have anything to do with those two things? And so I asked God for help. I said, God, just help me find that connection. And then who knows that God answers prayers, right? Sooner than later, he's going to answer prayers. For me, he answered a little sooner than later. That night, my son started screaming, waking up in the middle of the night. The first two times I went to his room, I prayed over him, hey, don't be scared, no fear, it's going to be all right, boom, go back to sleep. Bah. Third time, this joker got out of bed, goes through his dark room, which is about four steps, goes through the dark living room into my dark room to tell me that he's afraid of the dark and he doesn't want to go back into his room. Now, I want to be a good father. And be understanding of where he's coming from. And I want so bad to explain to him, look, in order for you to come to my room in the dark, you've had to pass by this switch in your room that allows light to come into your room. But I had other things on my mind like sleep. So I decided, you know what, without even thinking about it, the words that came out of my mouth was, Kayla, Bobby, just turn the light on. And then it hit me. I, didn't even, I wasn't even expecting it. It just hit me. Bah! And then something, something in Caleb switched. And he was like, oh. And he went right back to his room, switched the light on, and went back to sleep. And, and <laughs> I'm sorry. So let me explain. So Caleb, his room is four steps. I measured it for this preaching. So it's one, two, three, four. But the way he runs is like this. So how I know that he's doing something he's not supposed to is I hear a noise in the kitchen, and I'll say, Caleb. And all of a sudden I'll hear, and from his room he'll say, what? So, okay, 
So as he was going to his room, I was still stuck on the fact of what I just said, without even thinking it, without even realizing it. And God was downloading the process that Caleb has to go through to go from his, his comfort of his bed to turning the light on to overcome his fear. And there was three things that Caleb does. One is that he has to remove his blanket. Now, the blanket serves as two things. A false sense of protection, because as soon as he gets scared, he puts it over his face. And everybody knows the blanket's not going to do anything if an enemy comes into your room, right? Number two, it's his warmth, sense of comfort. Second thing he has to do is he has to embrace the uncomfortable. As soon as he removes that blanket, it's going to get cold. The third thing is that he has to take 120 steps <laughs> and flip that light on. He has to do something in the physical to flip that light on. And God showed me that that switch is his promise. So that promise never, it's always been there. It hasn't changed. And it has to take us to have uncomfort, walk to it, and actually flip the switch in order for it to work. Now, at that moment I started thinking to myself, how many times have I been stuck because I refused to trade my comfort of my warm blanket to face the uncomfortable cold and turn the light on in order to receive what God had planned for me. And, and I love how God just connects the dots. Because all of a sudden it took me back as I was preparing for this message to the first time I was invited to Emerge Conference. As I was invited to Emerge Conference and, and, and I didn't really know anybody. We were new. I've been to Emerge Conferences, not Emerge Conference, I take that back. I've been to men's conferences before. But I've never been to an Emerge Conference. Two totally different things. I don't want you to get them confused. Got it? Been to a men's conference before. I didn't feel like sitting around a campfire singing Kumbaya, then having them point the finger at me telling me that I was a horrible man for thinking the things that I was thinking about. So I was like, you know what? I don't know anybody. I don't feel like going. I was stuck in the comfort of my blanket. Just to give you an idea of where I was at at that time. Sandy and I have been married for about two years. And those two years, if I were to be transparent, were one of the hardest years in my life and in my marriage. And I'm not going to say this just because she's not here and serving in kids' church. But it was 75% my fault. It was. It really was. I had a hard time expressing my emotions. I really did. And I really thought I was the only one. And I put myself in that position. And then that following year, we attended a connect group. I attended men's prayer, and I just, I turned that light on. And my first emerge was one of the most life-changing moments in my life. I discovered that I wasn't the only one that had a hard time expressing their feelings. Who, who knew, right? I developed relationships that I still have to this day. I got baptized. And then, it's funny, I was talking to my wife about this moment preparing for this message, and she was telling me that as soon as I came back from Emerge, I was completely different. I started opening up about the emotions and the experiences that I had at Emerge. And she said that that moment was the catalyst, the turnaround point to where our marriage is right now. And then 
if only I would have turned on the light the first year, <laughs> my marriage would have turned around one entire year sooner. See, the enemy wants you to feel like you're the only one. And that's his power. He wants you to feel that you're the only one. But, the, but that's only to prevent you from accessing the things that God has for you. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person stands alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You see, emerge, I'm not talking about a men's conference, I'm talking about emerge, is more than just a triple braided cord. It's a 40 braided cord. That once you stand in that cord, nothing you do is alone. You're never alone. You're never defeated. You have someone there with you at all times. Every year after that, I attended every single marriage conference. And every year I witnessed prayers answered. A wife praying for her husband to come to church goes to emerge. That man hasn't stopped coming since. Generational curses broken. Young men without dads that found an entire team of fathers and a spiritual father that will always be there for them. I've seen healings. I've seen men witnessing the Holy Spirit for the first time. I invited my brother-in-law. And it was because of a conversation. He was just curious. What is the Holy Spirit? Can you see it? Can you taste it? And then... I honestly, I was like, you know what? It's something you have to experience. It's, not, it's nothing I can explain. So he comes to emerge because of that conversation. First session, worship's happening. I, I forgot he was there. <laughs> I turn to my right. And this guy not only has his hands up, but he has tears coming down his eyes. Look, all I had to do at this point, it was already happening. I just leaned over and I said, that's the Holy Spirit. Listen, don't wait for someone to ask you to be on their team. Just sign up and go. If you're hard-headed like me and you need someone to invite you, I'll tell you what. This is a formal invitation. I am inviting you to come to Emerge. If you need a captain to come and invite you, I'll tell you what. I'll do one better. I won't be selfish. Every captain, stand up. Every captain, stand up. You have, you have a selection. Thank you, gentlemen. Put, you can make sit down. Hey, you have a selection. Find out which one's the most attractive and go join his team. All right. So as we come to a close, I would love it if everybody, every head was bowed, every eye was closed. And I want to pray for two groups of people. If you've accepted Jesus in your heart before, but maybe you walked away, who knows? God is a God of second chances. Nothing you've done in your past disqualifies you of God's love, of God's grace. His love for you is like a rubber band. 
doesn't matter how far apart you may go from him soon as you need him snap you're back to where you started so on the count of three if you're ready you know who you are to accept Jesus back into your heart I just want you to raise your hand easy nobody's looking this is just a personal conversation between you and God one two three just raise your hand I see your hand I see your hand I see your hand thank you Papa. I'm proud of you I see your hand I see your hand proud of you so good I see your hand I see your hand so good yes hands everywhere come on I see your hand come on so good you can put your hands down now second group of people that I want to pray for if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and you're ready man this is it it's time for you to turn that light on on the count of three I want you to raise your hand like I said before this isn't to embarrass you this isn't to put you on the spot this is just a decision you're gonna make between you and God that you're gonna follow him from now on and accept his gifts one God's knocking on your heart two if your heart's pumping super fast right now that's God right now trying to get in and three raise your hand come on so good I see your hand I see your hand good so good come on so proud of you so proud of you awesome come on at this time I want everybody to get on your feet help me celebrate with everyone that lifted their hand this is a celebration come on sometimes we need to be bold and get out of our comfort zone in order for us to receive come on amen at this time I want us to say a little prayer, those of you that raise their hand. But I'm not going to embarrass you. You're going to have a whole family saying this prayer with you. All right? All right, everybody repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died for my sins. I open my heart to you. Forgive me of all my sins. And I put my trust in you. From this day on, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.